Welcome to Uncanonical, the Kinship Podcast. When something is canonical, or accepted as canon, it refers to any inspired writings accepted as Holy Scripture. This is not that. This is stories of faith, stories of loss, and biblical stories told with many liberties taken. My name is Jacqueline, and today I get to chat with my good friend Heather. Hi, Heather. Hey, Jack Jack. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah. For those who listened to the inaugural episode of this podcast, like the pilot episode, they would know that I had a coworker who I had random conversations about the Bible with that is yes. the reason we have this podcast. And that's that, me. That's you. That's me, yes. Uh, so this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm so honored. <laughs> so I'm glad you could be here so early on in the, in the days of Uncanonical. Yes, of course. Sitting in my closet. Sitting in your closet, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it. We have snacks and refreshments. That's all you need. Everyone likes sitting in a closet sometimes. I'm a floor sitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. It's yeah. comfy. As long as I have carpet, which we do, yep. which is why we're here. Because <laughs> it's carpet and the rest Perfect. of my house is not carpet. <laughs> um, so give us all a little bit of backstories because when we had our conversation back at your place, couple of years ago now, mm -hmm. some of these questions sort of came out of the fact that you didn't grow up in a faith background, and so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, um, I grew up in a not religious family at all. Um, we never went to church, never prayed, never said grace, like any of that stuff. There was just an absence of it entirely. Um, I think, you know, even if I had asked my parents questions about, like, what does this mean? Who is this guy? They wouldn't have even known how to answer it. I did have a couple friends growing up who grew up in religious families and I go to their house sometimes and it was definitely like kind of awkward for me in a way. I think just because they had certain traditions and like they behaved a certain way that I didn't, I don't know, I felt kind of uncomfortable by it, I guess. But, you know, now as an adult thinking back, I think it could just be that like the family in general was a little bit uptight. I don't know if it was actually like <laughs> like the presence of religion in their household that made it uncomfortable for me. But at the time, that's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, it's so weird that you guys believe in God. But now I'm just like, <laughs> maybe they were just kind of like, like an awkward family. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, when I was younger, I always thought that it was weird to believe in God, I guess. Um, now that I'm older, I still don't believe in God, but I like to know about like why people believe in God and I like to know like dumb stuff like who wrote the Bible and <laughs> did Noah have bees on his ark and you know just questions like that that I think not dumb every... stuff I mean dumb if you very if important questions yeah depending obviously. on who you ask um no but I just I like to know stories and I like to know things and I like to know why you know people believe what they believe um but you know for me I find that generally like as an atheist asking those questions to somebody who's religious there's almost like an expectation that you'll go to church and like find those answers mm -hmm. and explore more and like I don't want to do that I'm not going to go to church like I just I just want to know. know right so that's why I actually like talking to you about these things because you have a fun way of like explaining like stories in the bible <laughs> and like you actually just give me like an answer to these like silly little questions that I have as an atheist without like expecting me to then go to church with you and like you know give learn you a more. flyer like here's how you find salvation yeah <laughs> totally so 
Yeah. Thank heavens for two years of Bible school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the bachelor's of religious education, really. It's really paying off now because <laughs> <laughs> I, I throw these random questions at you and you're like, oh, I learned that. <laughs> I think someone mentioned that somewhere. Yeah. Let me pull up my textbook real quick. Yeah. Just kidding. We don't have textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You have the Bible. We had other books, but they weren't like, textbook is like a different format, yeah. I feel like. So. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, so I'm clueless when it comes to <laughs> most things religious. Honestly, uh, we in the first episode, I think, even talked about how me and the other girl that like I do the conference with both mm-hmm. went to the same Bible school. Mm-hmm. And there's even certain things where like even after Bible school, she didn't know something that I knew or I didn't know something mm-hmm. that she knew. And it's just even Christians don't know mm-hmm. the answers to this sometimes. Yeah. So I'm excited and also very nervous oh, <laughs> about the questions you might have because some of them will probably be like the ones you ask at work where it's easy enough to come yeah. up with an answer. Who but, is this person? Yeah, oh, uh, that was this so-and-so, but <clears throat> some of them I might not remember or might not be very good. So the nice thing is it's a podcast. Nobody can tell if I stop and Google it really quick. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> So hit me up. What's what's a misconception or a thing that you didn't know? Well, like I said, I, I my knowledge of religion in general is extremely limited. Um, I guess like one of my main questions, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is like the different denominations of Christianity. So I actually always thought that Christianity and Catholicism were two totally separate umbrellas of religion. And in looking this up before I came here, I realized (laughs) that Christianity is the umbrella and that there's like Catholicism, Orthodox, all this stuff underneath it. And then those denominations have their own denominations. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why are there so many? And like, (laughs) what does each group believe? And yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really really good question to start with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so funny that you thought that Catholicism and Christianity were totally different because I've also had a lot of people in my circles think they're the exact same. Mm -hmm. So they'll throw out language that's Catholic language or Catholic Mm -hmm. words and apply them to my faith, which I identify as a Christian faith, Mm -hmm. which in your understanding would make sense. Oh, those two things are totally separate. But a lot of people think that they're the exact same. So yeah. I sort of appreciate that you think that they're, that you mm-hmm. thought the opposite, that they were totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So you did cover it already in your basic research that Christianity and Catholicism are honestly, as much as I, as a Christian, it's weird to say it, really similar. They have a lot of the same big core beliefs. So pretty much anyone who was Catholic or Christian would tell you that God created the universe and that humanity sort of fell away from him. And so he sent Jesus to come on earth and live amongst humans as fully God and fully man, Mm -hmm. as the son of God. He died for our sins, came back to life, went up to heaven, and then the Holy Spirit, like, lives with us. That's a whole other we'll can get of worms to that. We that can, I yeah. have questions about. <laughs> so that's, that's, Who are all those people that you just named? Yeah, uh, we, we can get to that. And um, my understanding is that, like, kind of all of the denominations, like Anglicans, Orthodox, Protestants, kind of have the same, like, initial yeah. like core belief system that you were 100%. saying, right? Yeah, they all would have started from the same space and over the years have sort of trickled and split into these different sections. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those same 
big, big, big core things are the same for all of them. Where they differ, so I'll start with Christian and Catholic because that's the biggest one and then mm -hmm. under Protestant, Christian, there's sort of, yeah, like a lot, yes. a lot of different ways that you can go from there. Mm -hmm. So Catholic and Christian, the biggest differences are kind of how they run their services, what some of the finer belief systems are, and the the way that they practice the mm -hmm. faith. So Catholics really, really, really believe in the Pope, like they hold the Pope as like the head mm -hmm. of the authority of the church. And Christians never really felt that way. We kind of had the Protestant Reformation where we broke off from Catholicism because mm -hmm. we thought, man, these people are abusing their power by having these other hierarchies in place, mm -hmm. like the Pope and the bishops and whatnot. So Christianity, uh, properly Christianity Protestant started because they didn't like the way Catholicism had sort of developed this separate hierarchy. And so in Catholicism to this day, there's still the Pope, bishops, mm -hmm. nuns, that sort of thing. Um, they have mass while we have a church service. Mm -hmm. um, they have priests, we have pastors, mm -hmm. and Catholicism is a lot more traditional. Yeah, I've been to a Catholic funeral before, mm -hmm. um, and it's very different from other, you know, services that I've been to. It's yeah. very like, Structured. Traditional, like, yeah, structured. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's, I think, the biggest thing. So they, they have the Pope still, which they hold his authority pretty high, and they also believe in saints a lot. Mm -hmm. So Christians wouldn't say that, like, St. Peter wasn't a saint or wasn't amazing or mm -hmm. whatnot, but we don't kind of hold saints up here. We, we appreciate what they contributed, which is, you know, some of the biblical writings, which, again, that's a question we can get to, mm -hmm. or um, the way that they would have led the church in the early days. Mm -hmm. But Christians would sort of just say that everyone's equal under God and through the Holy Spirit, we can all just talk to God mm -hmm. ourselves. And you want to have community and you want to have some authority for people who are more educated than you, mm -hmm. but there isn't this whole separate hierarchy. Um, and in Catholicism, they also revere Mary as Jesus' mom a lot oh, okay. higher than Christians mm -hmm. like any Christian would say that Mary was a phenomenal woman mm -hmm. and the fact that she Grew a baby and went under risk of death and persecution and mm -hmm. a whole lot of other things like she's it's interesting that you say that because I've actually Kind of thought about that before mm -hmm. as well like how you guys kind of view you guys I say Christians <laughs> Christians in general. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, um, but it's no like guys. how you guys um, Kind of see like the lineage of you know yeah. Jesus and mm -hmm. and yeah, so the, the lineage is in the Bible and it's it's also super important and it, it has a lot of rich history mm -hmm. and a lot of really interesting characters that um, kind of really show off the nature of God mm -hmm. by who he chose to come before you got to marry. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that were her ancestors are really other, a lot of other really important figures in the Bible mm -hmm. and they did really cool things and um, some were really notable women, some were really notable men. Mm -hmm. um, some f sucked a little bit at what they were doing and didn't do a great job at following God, and but kind of came back around. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool actually exploring that lineage, but that's where Christianity would stop. We think it's mm -hmm. really cool exploring that lineage and ha there's a lot of value in who those people were, Yeah. but we don't sort of like hold Mary at this like ethereal plane that a Catholic would. Okay. And then the last thing is sort of how they deal with sin in this day and age, like when mm -hmm. you mess mm -hmm. up. They sort of have more of the like idea of penance and you have to like 
go and ask for forgiveness and someone has to absolve right. you of that. Whereas Christianity, again, is less having a hierarchy in place. We would just go to God and ask for forgiveness mm -hmm. and he would say that we're forgiven mm -hmm. because Jesus did the dying and the forgiving us of sins back mm -hmm. then. We believe we can just have that, like just claim that mm -hmm. every day or whenever we need it. As Work opposed to yourself. Yeah, having to go somewhere else for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. makes sense. So that would be Catholic and Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's easier to explain. Yeah. So within Christianity, it's similar almost in the, in the spectrum mm -hmm. of denominations, I would say. Um, and there's a lot that I won't say on this because there's just, even I Don't couldn't. know all of them. Yeah, I couldn't give yeah. you the full breadth of all the different denominations totally. there are. But I was surprised. Like when I was looking it up a little bit, yeah, it's no overwhelming. Idea. Yeah, there's an umbrella, and then there's you know branches under it, and then there's branches under that. Like it's just yeah, because we've had two thousand years to decide that we don't agree with someone, and then make a new thing, and then people don't agree with that thing, and then break off into a new thing, and so um, that is sort of where everything has come from. Is everyone started in one place, and then we all like branched off because someone didn't think that the leadership was doing it right or mm -hmm. interpreting it right, and so. The same way that Catholicism, a lot of ways, is more traditional and structured, mm -hmm. and then Protestant Christianity is a little more direct access to God, a little bit more, I don't want to say freestyle, but a little less structured, a little more modern. Mm -hmm. That gradient applies to all those different denominations. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like Lutheran would mm -hmm. be a denomination that would be really, really traditional. Like they hold a lot of the same like practices almost as Catholicism. Mm -hmm. So there's these things called sacraments, which would be like baptism, communion, if you've mm -hmm. heard of those. And yeah. so Lutherans like hold those things like really highly. Mm -hmm. We believe that these sacraments are super important and this structure is super important. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the whole other end of the spectrum and there's like Pentecostals. Mm -hmm. And Pentecostals are like, yeah, there's those sacraments and yeah, they're important, but also like we just, we talk directly to God, God talks directly to us, we worship really big and are slain in the spirit and, and all this stuff. So they're the, you know, if you thought of like black American churches, yes. where they're like singing and dancing yes. and hooting, and that is like the real Pentecostal oh, okay. side of things, mm -hmm. um, also known as charismatic, because there's different spiritual gifts in the Bible and they would emphasize those more than the like sacraments, mm -hmm. sort of, they hold those two things with different weight. Mm -hmm. So then you have like evangelical Christians, which would fall not super traditional, but not quite as mm -hmm. fun and fancy free as the Pentecostals. Mm -hmm. um, and then Baptist. Aren't evangelical Christians the ones that like go on TV? Yes. And tell you that you should believe in God at yes. two in the morning? Yes, yes, those are them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's them. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's because, again, there's the spectrum, but each of these different denominations fell out of the big umbrella into their own spot on the spectrum because mm -hmm. there was something that they held the highest. Mm -hmm. So evangelical Christians hold evangelizing the highest. They're like, we need people to be saved. Like if mm -hmm. they're not saved, they're gonna suffer for the rest of eternity and we need mm -hmm. to save their lives. And that is the biggest thing we gotta do. So everybody get together, we're gonna come up with all the strategies and we're gonna build up the church mm -hmm. so we can just go out there and, and make sure people know spread about Jesus. Word. Yeah, spread yeah. the word. Mm -hmm. So that's um, an evangelical faith would hold that as the highest. Everything else, mm -hmm. God the Father, so all that's the same, but they hold that the highest. And mm -hmm. then Baptists are another denomination. 
surprise, surprise, they hold baptism, mm. the highest. Okay. So if you, even if you say you're a Christian and you've got this faith, a Baptist would likely tell you, you're not a Christian unless you have been fully immersed in water mm -hmm. baptism. Some people do like the baby sprinkling yeah. water when mm -hmm. you're a kid. And so that even by the Baptist church would yeah. not be good enough. Like oh, you would still have to okay. make a declaration of your faith and have like an immersion baptism. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend in who I knew in college who worked at a Baptist denomination mm -hmm. or a, not even a technically Baptist denomination, but one that held similarly that mm -hmm. weight. And she'd been a Christian her whole life, graduated from Bible school, and they basically told her, you can't continue to work here mm -hmm. unless you get immersion baptized mm -hmm. because that's the highest thing for them. Mm -hmm. Also, different denominations, don't they have different, I guess, rules, quote unquote, about who can be baptized? Like Anglicans, I'm pretty sure infants can be baptized mm -hmm. or practicing Christians, whereas like some other denominations only practicing Christians can be baptized. I say practicing, but I think I mean... Like a self-proclaimed, yeah, grown-up. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, that is also true. And I think that's one of the dividing things that has come down through the generations mm -hmm. of Christians is who is who. Because even if you go back to the New Testament, which was like Jesus' time on earth, and then the rest of it was like the early churches starting. That's kind of how oh, that okay. book is divided, or that half of the Bible is divided. In those early church days, there was a lot of talk from the people writing that text about Jews and Gentiles. So there was the Jews, which mm -hmm. were like the traditional church, and then there was the Gentiles, which was everybody else. Mm -hmm. You would be a Gentile, to, you know, if that's, that's just like the umbrella. Yeah. And they were saying like, because Jesus came, everyone can just join in. Mm -hmm. There isn't this divide anymore. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of that trying to bridge those two people groups together. And there's still that challenge to this day is bridging people of different viewpoints. So yeah. some people who have different denominations really hold that their denomination is the only correct one. Mm -hmm. So that's why you'll hear some Christians say that Catholics aren't Christians, or you'll hear you know, someone who's really, really traditional say that anyone who worships with drums in their service is <laughs> not Christian or doing it right, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Or you'll have some people who say, no, that's not how the Bible is supposed to be read mm -hmm. or interpreted and everyone is welcome in this space mm -hmm. and in this kingdom. So that's been happening for 2,000 years. And yeah, and will probably continue to happen. For, for the next 2,000 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were kind of saying, you know, everyone has their own interpretation of the Bible there briefly. Um, that was one of my other questions, I guess. Like, I've always viewed the Bible as like the main way that you get all of your information about like God and how to worship God and stuff. Like if you don't read the Bible, then you don't believe in God, but everyone has their own interpretation of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like the Bible's not fact, mm. I feel like, but it's like the way that you interpret it. If everyone's interpreting it different, do you know what I mean? <sighs> yeah. And that was kind of one of my questions was like, there's so many stories in the Bible. Are they based on real people and real things that happened or are they stories that a real person wrote that's meant for the person to interpret yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Does that how much sense? time do we have i should double check <laughs> yeah. oh my god it's such that's it that's such a big question mm -hmm. that even christians could not agree a hundred percent on an answer mm -hmm. so i'll give you the gist mm -hmm. and we'll leave it 
at the at that. <laughs> Okay. Um, so related to the dominations, um, another great kind of example of this is that there are like Lutherans are scripture only. Mm-hmm. Sola scripture, like what you said, mm-hmm. the Bible is the word of God mm-hmm. and it is exactly the way it's supposed to be and you get all of your information about God from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Lutherans would agree with that. Mm-hmm. The denominations on the other end of the spectrum would say that the Bible was written by real people and inspired by God, like God gave them the words to write okay. or the stories to tell mm-hmm. about real people, but each book in the Bible was written for a specific purpose and mm-hmm. with a specific genre mm-hmm. over the years. And you need to interpret that writing the way that it was intended for its initial readers. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you study Shakespeare, mm-hmm. if you have a good English teacher, they'll tell you, yeah, Shakespeare wrote this play and this line here, this paragraph here is funny to its original readers because this person was in power politically speaking and yeah. therefore this is a jab at this person. And you might not get that joke yeah. in the 21st century. Like the writings almost pertain to the time. Yes. And it's, like the belief systems like at that time. 100%. reading it, yeah. So a lot of work, 2,000 years of work, has gone into figuring out who wrote the book, mm-hmm. why they wrote it, mm-hmm. who they wrote it to, and then what the intended purpose was at the time. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning of the Bible, if we kind of go chronologically, Mm -hmm. you've got the first five books, which are called the Pentateuch, which are like the OG Bible. Like everyone, even like Jews, Mm -hmm. are like, yep, those five books. Catholics, Christians, Judaism, everyone in that realm, we all are like, yep, those first five books. Mm -hmm. And so... Is this like the Old Testament? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes Old and then New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so those are the how the world was created mm-hmm. and then like the early lives of the Israelites which mm-hmm. were kind of God's chosen people group mm-hmm. and so the whole Old Testament is the Israelites journey basically oh, okay and then it splits into the New Testament when Jesus showed up but Genesis for example which is the very first book of the Bible mm-hmm. has the creation story and there is so much Disagreement, even in modern Christians, about what that meant. Was at, were Adam and Eve two mm-hmm. real human beings? Was the Garden of Eden a real geographical place? Mm-hmm. And did God create this? And did Satan show up as a, an actual yeah. snake and be like... Those are all things that I wonder. Yeah. Because I'm very, like, fact-based. And I think that's why I have trouble believing in God. It's like, if he showed up in my living room, 100%, <laughs> I'd be like, I believe in God. But Preach. it's hard for me to, like, understand something that's not in front of me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like what you were saying there. I forget what you said. Yeah, so so the the story of is Adam, are Adam and Eve real people? Yeah, right, yeah. So it's hard for me to believe in something, even if other Christians are thinking, you know, were Adam and Eve real, the Garden of Eden a real place? It's confusing. I find it very confusing. It is. It is. I I, I won't disagree with you at all. 100%, even for Christians, it is. Um, I have a lot of friends who have struggled in their childhood faith, growing into adult faith, Mm. and figuring out, you know, what did one church tell me, and and what do I actually think is correct, and how do we put science together with this? Mm. So, yeah, Genesis is the best example of that, because fundamentalist Christians, the ones who are the most 
the Bible is exactly what it says it is and mm -hmm. all the stories are exact, would say that God created the world in seven 24-hour segments of time, just mm -hmm. like we track time, and there was tasks. Was it six days? Uh, six days and the seventh day he rested. Thank you. Oh, oh okay. my gosh. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> Jacqueline. I'm leaving that in. You, <laughs> you got me red-handed. Yes. God created the world in six days and then rested on the seventh day. So it was a seven-day period. Okay. Seven. Hard week. Yeah, hard week. <laughs> Creating all of the universe. Yeah. He deserves <sighs> a rest day. Time for a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so that seven-day period, oh, six-day six period, mm -hmm. a lot of Christians think that that's exactly it. The earth rotated six times and in its orbit around the sun and that was the time it took God to put the whole universe together. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other Christians or historians or church leaders who would say that in that time when that was written thousands and thousands of years ago that there was a popular style of writing that was a creation narrative. So you wrote a story about how the world was created, not to say that this is exactly how the world was created, but to say, but to give people an understanding of who they were in the story and mm -hmm. how the world worked and was ordered and the values in the earth. So mm -hmm. Christians would have been inspired to, or a Christian would have been inspired to write that narrative to say that God gave us life and mm -hmm. our purpose in life is to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. and. If you interpret the original Hebrew of that text, mm -hmm. it just says passage of time. Mm -hmm. The word for day that we've been translated into day in most modern translations from Hebrew, and yeah. really day is just our interpretation of passage of time. Mm -hmm. But if you were to look at it from a more direct Hebrew translation, mm -hmm. that passage of time could, could be anything. Any amount of time. Any yeah. amount of time. So science these days is saying that the earth is billions of years old and a lot of Christians can't wrap their head around it. They're mm -hmm. like, no, that is impossible because it's been like 2,000-ish years since mm -hmm. Jesus and it was about, you know, a couple thousand years before that. So there's no way that the earth is billions of years old. Mm -hmm. If you have Christian scientists now, they'll say, well, there was that passage of time. Mm -hmm. Who knows what that passage of time looked like mm -hmm. for God to create those individual things. And even then, how literally do you take that? Because... I, my hot take for the day is that people say the Big Bang happened. Scientists say that the Big Bang happened. That's mm -hmm. their theory. And I wouldn't disagree. Mm -hmm. They say nothing plus nothing created everything. Like nothing existed and then more nothing existed and then nothings came right. together and created everything. Yeah. That to me takes more faith than saying God took the nothing mm -hmm. and bang, created everything else. Yeah. I don't think that, I think that saying that God had to do it your, the way you think he did it is limiting God. Mm -hmm. I absolutely think he could have created a Big Bang, which then created the world. That makes a lot more mm -hmm. sense to me than it's even science. It's not like you know how God created the universe. Yeah, yeah. that's a little presumptuous at yeah, best. So totally. that was a long tangent to say that that beginning bit, if you look at it through biblical interpretation, is a creative creation narrative. Mm -hmm. Well, then you get into the story of the Israelites mm -hmm. and most of that, people would argue, is historically legitimate. Like, that is exactly how that happened. Mm -hmm. And then the New Testament is a lot more solid on 100%. These are real people who really existed and really did mm -hmm. things okay. because there's a whole bunch of references to people that are historically understood, like King mm -hmm. Herod or Pontius Pilate. Those were Roman emperors mm -hmm. that historians will also tell you were Roman emperors. So 
those were stories of how Jesus existed in history mm -hmm. and then how the people that came after him spoke to churches in Corinth, for example. So there's letters that were written to other churches and mm -hmm. those places are real and they exist in Jerusalem and surrounding area. Mm -hmm. So it's both because in the New Testament, those things I just mentioned were letters that were written to a certain people group. Mm -hmm. So they were written to that people group for a particular purpose mm -hmm. and then biblical interpretation would be, okay, why was that letter written to those people? What was the letter writer trying to say? Mm -hmm. So what can we, 2,000 years later, still glean mm -hmm. from that letter to them? You know, was he trying to correct behavior of Jews and Gentiles feeling like they were separate? It's like, well, if he was telling them to come together, maybe that means we should have unity mm -hmm. to this day too. Mm -hmm. So he wrote it to an audience 2,000 years ago, but because it was inspired by God, uh, most Christians would believe that that, God can still speak to us in a similar way mm -hmm. 2,000 years later. So that kind of brings me to another question that I had. Um, I actually heard, I overheard a conversation that you were having in the office with a friend of yours and one of you, I can't remember who, was talking about how God told you to do something. I think it was either about this podcast or yep. it was about her book. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think um, it was about the podcast. <laughs> about the podcast, yeah. How like... God put it in front of you because you were like stuck and trying to figure out what to do. And I'm just wondering, you know, when people say God showed me or God told me, is that like my equivalent of having a gut feeling? Like if I'm stuck in life and I'm, you know, debating between two things, I don't know, whatever, I usually have a gut feeling of like what's right for me to do and what's wrong for me to do. Is that what that is for you or do you receive that information a different way? Like, what does it mean when you say God showed me or God told me? <laughs> Another great question. <laughs> um, again, and one that people would have different answers for. So I'll mm -hmm. just speak from my own experience mm -hmm. because a lot of Christians might have different answers. Mm -hmm. Earlier when we were talking about the different denominations, I didn't mention it, but I'm currently a part of a more charismatic denomination, which is on that like Pentecostal side. Mm -hmm. The really, like we believe in a lot of the gifts and spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was in an evangelical church for a while. Oh wow! And then I didn't like randomly going up to people and trying to oh. tell them to love Jesus. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I do think that people should love Jesus. That's mm -hmm. not untrue, but it, fair enough. It felt weird to be the person trying to just randomly yep. tell people that. I wouldn't have ever guessed that about you. Because, like, even talking to you randomly about things like this now, you don't come off as, like, pushy about it at all. And I never you really... You talk about it to, like, other people who are religious, and you can tell that it's something, like, super important to you, but you don't... I've never noticed you, like, pushing it onto somebody who doesn't feel the same way. Yeah, I never... Because I never really did... Felt that way? Yeah, yeah. I never really got on board. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... I mean, it was a great church, and again... There's so many other things that you all agree on that were awesome at that church at the mm -hmm, time. Totally. But eventually I kind of just didn't want to have to fully embody that because I've, yeah, I don't feel that way mm -hmm. about the way that I share my faith. The way I share my faith is much more like you just said, just mm -hmm. here it is. It's a big part of my life. And most grownups that I know are totally fine with that. I've never really had a person just dislike me because I said I was a Christian, yeah. which is amazing because that's not always the case in other places. And so I feel like if that's, inspiring to them or if they feel like there's something missing and they want answers mm -hmm. about it, 
I'm an open book about it. Yeah. But if not, like, I'm not going to sit there and try and, like, poke holes in your life. Totally. So, yes and no to your question. Mm -hmm. Is it like your gut feeling in your stomach? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. There's a, a way that a lot of Christians divide who you are as a person into mm -hmm. three categories, mm -hmm. which is body, soul, spirit. Mm -hmm. And body, obvi, who you are, your organs, your flesh, your mm -hmm. hair, nails, whatever you want to call it. Soul is broken up into like your mind, will, and emotions. Mm -hmm. So what you think, what you want to try and do with your life and how you feel about things. Mm -hmm. And then spirit would be the part of you that kind of connects with God mm -hmm. and how he puts things in you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Christians would say that the spirit in you is the same as that gut. Mm -hmm. So if I had a gut reaction to something, mm -hmm. I would give credit to my gut reaction to the spirit within oh, okay. me, leading me into the best scenario yeah. or the truth of that scenario. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, when I was young, my mom taught me a practice called journaling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of non-Christians also journal things totally. mm -hmm. that to be helpful. Yeah. But the way that we did journaling was I would write out my prayers mm -hmm. to God. And then when I was done writing what I had to say, I would sit and listen and see if I heard anything. Mm -hmm. And by heard, I don't mean an audible voice, although there are stories mm -hmm. of an audible voice of people actually hearing in their right. ear canals God things. Well, yeah. Or thinking they did. If <laughs> your yeah. face is saying, and yeah. sure, Jax, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's people who take it to an extreme and they're like, God told me that I'm the new Jesus. And, mm. you know, yeah. they uh, spread the word. Yeah, there's a line. Yeah, there's, there's a line. There's a yeah. line. Some people, um, some people cross that, I feel like. Yeah, but. that's what community is for, to, to rein you in. Yeah, To okay. get some Makes wisdom sense. and perspective. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why we like the church. Cool. So... I would journal and then I would listen mm -hmm. to kind of like the still small voice mm -hmm. in my head, which when I was younger was really challenging. Like, mom, is it just me or mm -hmm. is it God? What, how do I even know mm -hmm. what the difference is? And a good marker for that, for that would be, does it also line up with the Bible? So what you were saying earlier, like the Bible sounds like it is what Christians use to mm -hmm. judge their faith by is true. Mm -hmm. And so if I heard something from God, which was mostly at that time, just my own voice in my head kind of prompting me, yeah, you kind of test it next to scripture. So if it's telling me to, like if it's telling me to go cheat on my husband, you know, like that would be. Right. It doesn't line up with the values that are that laid out. God is, yeah. Very clear on in the Bible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just go and tell me to go kill somebody. That's probably not the voice of God. That's probably crazy okay <laughs> so um but a lot of times it would just be something small or encouragement or whatever in later years because i go to a charismatic church there's a gift in the bible called prophecy mm -hmm. which prophets is not an unfamiliar word but i don't think it's used nearly as much by non-christians mm -hmm. which is basically people who speak kind of on behalf of god in mm -hmm. the bible it was used a lot there was actual prophets but mm -hmm. in the world of regular Christians. Mm -hmm. you was kind Jesus of... a prophet? No. Oh, okay. He was God. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was God. Um, there was kind of like a, there was prophets who spoke about him coming later, mm -hmm. but he was like the fulfillment of all the prophecies. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So the, the gift of prophecy is sort of 
being able to hear God's voice like on another level. Mm -hmm. And that can come through a few different ways. It can come through like a gut feeling about something or it can come through words for someone else too. Mm -hmm. So now when I say, I heard God say, or God told me, Mm -hmm. often he even uses other people. Mm -hmm. So in my church community, we could be praying about something and someone could say, Jacqueline, God is telling me that you this, or Mm -hmm. I feel like God is trying to say that you are this way or he sees you this way or he's calling you in this direction or whatever. And is that usually, when someone tells you that, is that usually something that you've already been thinking of and that's almost like reassurance that you should be going in that direction or is it sometimes that's just something completely random that someone has said to you and it makes sense to you? It can be both. More often it's the first one. You've kind of been questioning something and then somebody gives you like reassurance that you should be pursuing it. Yeah, 100%. We use it a lot for encouragement specifically. Yeah. So if someone's struggling with something, we're not sure where to go, it's often at those times when someone's prompted to give them mm-hmm. some sort of word that gives them direction or whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can hear God, mm-hmm. but I'd say those are kind of the main ones, which is just that still small voice or that gut feeling that you would have, yeah. or someone else gets a word or a feeling or a vibe for you. You know, it's, it's funny, like, I feel like, things like that have happened to me as well Mm -hmm. as an atheist but like I'll be thinking about something you know what should I do blah blah and then there'll just be like a sign or something like I don't know someone will say something and it's almost like I mean I think of it as a coincidence yeah like oh wow that's so weird that you said that thing that I was just thinking about so it's just interesting how like I interpret it one way and you interpret it the other way right yeah Exactly. Well, the best example, oh my goodness, is so this podcast, that conversation you were saying was, again, I don't, I'm not going to go into all the like how it ended up starting. Yeah. But we both got busy after the last episode. And so this episode was supposed mm-hmm. to be recorded sooner and it took longer. Like three weeks ago. Like two three weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah. And then I was in Mexico. And, yeah. um, and so then this week I was like, God, like, should I be pursuing this? Like, am I still supposed to be going forward? I've got a lot going on. It would be nice to not have to worry about it. And I just wasn't sure. I didn't want to push it. I was like, Heather's got things going on Mm -hmm. and I, whatever. And I I wasn't sure. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of said like, okay, God, like, give me, give me something. Like Mm -hmm. he's already obviously told me a bunch. So I'm a bit of a pansy for being like, can you just tell me like one more (laughs) time? (laughs) But sorry to bother you. I know you're busy. Yeah. And then I was in, I don't remember what day I talked to you. Maybe it was Wednesday. I think it was Thursday. And I walked into the office and I got stuck in the doorway because one of the tutors pulled me aside and went, hey, I have a friend starting a podcast. You started a podcast, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And I was like... I remember that. Yeah, I did. I He's like, "What? what is the name of it? I want to look it up. How do you record it? Do you have any tips? Could I ask? Yeah. And I was like, yep, you can. Here's the name. You can look it up. Do you have Apple Music? You can whatever. Yeah. And then... And then I walked away and immediately went to you and was like, speaking of the podcast... This guy just asked me about podcasts. And so I was speaking like, of... Ah, uh, okay, God, fine, cheapers. <laughs> like, I just, that was the moment for me where I was oh, like, that's funny. I didn't hear from God, right. but I said, hey, I'm not really sure if you want me to keep doing this, and someone just waltzed up to me at work, yeah. out of the blue. I don't even remember talking to this guy mm-hmm. about having a podcast, and he yeah. asked me about it. So in, I would interpret that as yeah. God said to me, "Totally, get your button gear, keep doing the podcast. Yeah. That's interesting. So that actually kind of segues into my next question. Brilliant. It's funny how everything that you're saying is like, oh, speaking of which, (laughs) this one was one that I mentioned to you a little while ago, but it was how do you have faith or like what is faith? Because 
my mom always used to say, like, when I was a kid, if I was upset about something, she'd be like, oh, like, just have faith. Like, it'll be fine. But uh, it was just an expression. Like, yeah. she, you know, she did, I don't think she meant anything spiritual more than spiritual it, just, yeah. about it. She would just say, like, always have faith. And so I've never, like, realized exactly, I guess, what the word faith means, mm-hmm. like, to have faith in something. And that was another thing that I've heard you say before is, like, you know, like, I just have to have faith that, you know, it'll work out and, like, you know, bringing it up kind of in that context. And then when I think about it, like, on a deeper level, maybe, like, what it means to you, I start thinking, like, I don't think I have faith in anything. Like, Mm -hmm. if I have an issue or, like, questions or something, I don't know how I get those answers. They kind of just work themselves out in my life for me and not... I don't like I don't really know how to explain it. I think you kind of know what I'm asking, but I don't understand what faith is, how you have faith, and why I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean you alluded to the why you don't have it earlier, which is that like it's complicated. Yeah. And it's hard to get your head around. Yeah, totally. And then to live your whole life as if that stuff that has so many questions around it is mm-hmm. true yeah totally that's not easy yeah that's yeah that's oh man what a good question yeah i've said that about every question you've had so far but i genuinely mean that they're all yeah. good questions i don't know that i can explain it in general terms so much as like analogy terms mm-hmm. like stories yeah i like stories <sighs> good <laughs> i i would definitely say that it kind of comes in waves depending on where you are in your life or what age you're at. Mm -hmm. So for a Christian like me who was born into a family that was Christian and Mm -hmm. then raised as a Christian, Mm -hmm. it comes in two stages Mm -hmm. where at that time I had faith in God Mm -hmm. because my parents did. Okay. Because they told me to. Mm -hmm. The same as I had faith that dolphins were real and Mexico was a place. I (laughs) I didn't know any better. My parents just said that. Yeah. And I took it for for truth because Mm -hmm. my parents said so. Yeah. And that's fine and that's normal for kids. Mm -hmm. There comes a point where you want to make sure that dolphins are real and Mexico is an actual place, Mm -hmm. you know? And in your faith, it's the same way where you get to a place where it being, because mom and dad said so, Mm -hmm. doesn't cut it anymore okay right that's yeah I I can't live a life around like you've talked to me a lot we've known each other for quite a few years now a lot of what I do Mm -hmm. ends up being because God said so you know Mm -hmm. the the reason I even work where we work still is because I wanted to leave at one point and God said no oh wow okay um which oh you don't know that story we can talk about that story some other time yeah um I yeah I was ready to ready to peace out and then I got an entire sermon from my pastor pastor about um this girl in the bible who was having a crappy time, and uh, so she ran away, was like, mm-hmm. I'm done with this, and was like, God, don't even, I'm so done with this, and he was mm-hmm. like, you have to go back, and she was like, uh, it was sucked over there, those people were awful, I don't want to go back, and God was like, you're going to go back, and the situation will not change, mm-hmm. but I see you, and you will change. Interesting. And I was so like, your pastor telling this sermon, was that, like, your way of, like, God telling you yeah. to stay at your job? Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I knew I had to go back. And, and you were questioning it, and change. then you heard the exact thing that you needed to hear. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so that's, so that's a great mini story Yeah, that has taken me from mom and dad said so mm-hmm. to, wow, this is real for me. Mm-hmm. Because things like that 
have yeah. happened my whole life. Okay. Where if I didn't start with the faith, I'm not sure how you would take those coincidences, those small voices, mm -hmm. and realize it was God without some sort of big mm -hmm. moment. But I've had big moments. So I had the starting foundation of mom and dad said so, mm -hmm. and I have no reason to disagree with that or not believe them. Mm -hmm. And then it, it started at a certain age where I would ask for myself. So I'd be... I don't know, eight or 10 years old and looking for something in the house and I couldn't find it, I'd get really frustrated and then I would pray that I could find it and I'd open my eyes and it was literally in front of me. Crazy. Oh, okay, that's such a small little example but I think mm -hmm. because I was a kid, God knew to meet me Meet me halfway. Kid level, yeah. yeah, exactly. Nowadays, like, God's not a cosmic genie was a lesson yeah. I had to learn. But <laughs> at the time, if like... Only. If only. Oh my gosh, yeah. So that's one moment where as a kid it was suddenly real for me. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people in high school question my faith because I went to a Christian school mm -hmm. for a lot of my growing up years so nobody questioned it. Yeah. We just all learned it together and then in high school people were asking me about my faith and I had no answers. So I appreciate mm -hmm. now that you're like and then you just give me answers for stuff because I had none. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about the Bible because they mm -hmm. repeat the same stuff in church and Sunday school. Mm -hmm. So I knew at that time that if I wanted this faith to be real and be mine, I had to find those answers mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went to Bible school after high school. Mm -hmm. was like, hit me up with some knowledge. <laughs> Tell me what the heck I actually believe. Yeah. And I didn't get a lot of answers. I got a lot more questions, mm -hmm. but I also got a lot more tools to answer those questions mm -hmm. in my own life. And in that first semester... At Bible school, I actually struggled a lot with faith, mm -hmm. where I was learning everything in my head. I got all this head knowledge like, okay, Old Testament's this, New Testament's this. Mm -hmm. These people wrote these books and all the stuff we've already been talking about. Mm -hmm. But it just sounded like history yeah. lessons to me. Mm -hmm. And it felt so disconnected from that like touchy-feely, God meets you halfway, mm -hmm. like voice in your head, cozy, father loves you stuff I had grown up with. Mm -hmm. And so... I got to a point where I was ready to just, like, give up on it. Yeah. I was like, nah. I was going to ask you if you've ever felt that way. Like, it just wasn't for you anymore and, yeah, wanted to walk away. Yeah, 100%. That mm -hmm. is the biggest time that it happened. Mm -hmm. And I, this, this story will never leave me. It is the most vivid story of my life where I felt that way. Mm -hmm. Had been feeling it slowly for a while. Got home one night, was working on something, and, I don't know, my parents were bickering about something and other things were going on and I just felt so disillusioned by the whole institution mm -hmm. as if this faith means anything and if this is what Christianity looks like I don't want anything to do with it and mm -hmm. it was like 12 30 at night and I was just crying out to God like, if you're real mm -hmm. you have to tell me like you have to show me because I I can't this is dumb everything about this is dumb none of this feels real anymore why am I spending all my time and money at school to learn about a God I don't even really believe in. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of done. And I was just, like, bawling my eyes out because that's an existential crisis when you live your whole life. I mean, I was only 18, but mm -hmm. 18 years of my life that maybe didn't have any value all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I went to bed, woke up, feeling okay, went to school, and I had to print off an assignment from my email or something. Mm -hmm. And so I, like, logged into my email at school library and at the time, I was a youth leader, so I had been leading other girls that were like six, seven years younger than me mm -hmm. in small groups and church time. Mm -hmm. So I had mentored some of them and become friends. 
And I went to open my email to print this assignment off and there was an email from one of the girls that I was leading. She was like 13 at the time. And of course, like my mama heart was like, oh, I can be late for class. I have to read this email first. Like I have to make sure that she's okay. Mm-hmm. And this 13 year old has a similar personality to me where she rambles and talks really quickly. <laughs> and so this email was written very much like we talk. Oh, funny. And she was like, hey, Jacqueline, like, hope everything's okay. I am up way past bedtime because I had that ice cap and I totally shouldn't have. But <laughs> anyway, I hope you totally don't think I'm weird. But I felt like God told me to pray for you. And so I don't know if you've got something going on today or, oh or what's going on, but I just... I felt like I was supposed to be praying for you, and I don't really know why, but I thought I'd let you know mm-hmm. that I am praying for you, and please don't hate me or think I'm a crazy person, Aww. and <laughs> I love you, and bye. And the timestamp on her email was 12.31 a.m., and it was the exact moment that I was at home bawling my eyes out. Oh, that gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> and I just started, like, bawling oh my God, in the school library wild. because I had just the night before thought yeah. this whole thing is... A load of junk. Yeah. And this 13-year-old heard whatever yeah. voice of God that she heard, like that's still small or just like yeah. an impression on her heart, and sent me this email. And that that's it. Like I've That was like all you needed to know. It was all I needed to know. I and find I, that really interesting. That like almost gives me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've just I've never looked back. Yeah. Like a lot of people really call crazy. it like the crisis of faith, where yeah. you get to a point where you're like, I don't know if this yeah. is real for me. And yeah. Well, and the way that you were kind of just describing, you know you were told that God is real by your parents, so that's what you believed for a long time, and then you went to school and you were told that it was this way, this way. It seems like a lot of the questions that you have, you almost have to find answers for yourself. Like, you can be told, you know, that things are a certain way and that this is how you make decisions, this is how you get answers, but it's really like in how you interpret it in your own way, and there's not necessarily... God standing in your living room saying that, you know, yeah. this is what you're going to do. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I find that super interesting for sure. I didn't think about it that from that perspective. You were saying that, like, there's the, was it body, mind, and spirit? So you were saying that there's, like, your mind and then there's, like, the spirit part. So it's almost like, you know, like your own mind, your own voice in your head. And then there's, like, the God voice in your head. Yeah. So bizarre, but, like, super interesting. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's like what you're saying is like, oh, that gut feeling as a Christian, I would yeah. just sit here and go, probably God. But yeah, again, unless you've been giving that like template or, you know, yeah. why would you why would that you feel it like that faith? Right. Mm-hmm. That it's God talking to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. I have about a thousand other stories of it, um, yeah. of how like God did a thing mm-hmm. in a real tangible way. Like, yeah, some people describe faith as sort of like air or oxygen. Mm-hmm. You can't see air mm-hmm. unless it's really windy. You don't feel air in this closet exactly. where there's no airflow. Yeah. You don't feel the air, but you're breathing it and it's yeah, doing exactly. something. It's giving you life. And so you know it's real. Yeah. Because well, and see, like I was thinking about that, I don't know, a couple days ago or something too. I was like, well, I don't believe in God because I can't see him and I can't feel him. Like I, I just, you know, there's nothing there totally. for me, yeah. but I can't see or feel air, but I know that it's there. So like, who am I to tell you that, like, you can't see or feel God, like, just because I can't? Do you know what I mean? Totally. I don't know. I I find it super interesting to just, like, ask you these questions and because it gives me a different perspective, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with Heather on Uncanonical. 
If you have any questions or want to get a hold of us, you can email uncanonicalpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook or Instagram at Kinship Conference. And to find all of our new episodes, head to kinshipconference.com slash podcast.